friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined again, as always, by my friend and co-host, Alex Dandino. Dramatic as pause. I just skipped all the rest of my trademark patented intro, the pro wrestling voice and the magic. Was- you guys know what it is. I skipped all of that. Because I'm so excited uh, that Big Papa has returned to the film Alchemist where he belongs. That voice was actually my English dub voice because I I watched this movie in English dub, in English dub just to give you guys a taste. <laughs> I just realized too we're recording these out of sequence of when they're gonna air, so people are gonna hear you back on over the top and then be like, "Wow, they are really excited the second time." Around. <laughs> Yes, I am back. The kid is starting to sleep regularly, and that means the alchemist lives. Ugh. But everyone did Exciting. so well in my stat. That's it. You know what I realized? Just because I don't want people being completely baffled in the timeline, over the top, right now, I pulled a switcheroo on you. We're talking over the top. Uh, this is what happened. We had set up a month of films to teach you parenting lessons. Uh you know, father knows best kind of pod thing. Right, right. And then your kid, as kids want, this is probably the best life lesson of being a dad. Your kid just kicked his way out of your wife and said, fuck your plans. Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly it how Totally derailed our fatherhood lessons. And what we didn't realize, or what I didn't realize, I should say, over the top is probably the most chock full of lessons about being a dad of any movie of all time almost all of them bad yeah all of them but are still. <laughs> all of like i was going to say like there are quite a few lessons in this film all of them are terrible and absolutely none of them uh ring true for me personally i actually wrote down like you lying sack of shit i assume this is how all italian dads <laughs> that when your sons come out they just hand you a copy of this on VHS. I actually, the notes I wrote, I, I actually submit, I, I, I have a huge summation I can't wait to talk about. Like, what I <laughs> what I think this movie actually ends up being. Uh, what it actually ends up being? Yeah, like, really. Wait, are you talking about that this is the prequel for Transformers? Uh, <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> no, I have. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to that. Anyways. Okay, so guys, uh, over the top, 80s Stallone arm wrestling movie and not only arm wrestling but he's also a truck driver so what they're doing in the opening of the movie you can see this is kind of a cross-cutting of all of the most american shit in the way that top gun and days of thunder have these kind of vulgar american propaganda openings right which just like america money shots right right, red white and blue come all over your fucking face this one tries very hard to do the same thing. Yeah. What I also love about Over the Top, besides all of the arm wrestling, which I'll get into my love for arm wrestling later, the songs in this movie are hysterical. Yeah. Uh, this movie. They're just like, hey, can someone do the most on the nose <laughs> lyrics of all time for every scene? This movie has some of truly the greatest soundtrack moments. Like, not like uh, beats within a film, like sound like as in like score it's literally like just the choice of soundtrack of songs written for this movie is non-stop amazing like it's ridiculous what like <laughs> not only that like my favorite like i was reading some of the trivia because i was like actually i stopped the movie towards the end like when uh the big the big climactic um the um 
the montage of the arm wrestling thing. And I was like, what song is this? It's winner takes all song. And I stopped it. I was like, who the fuck is singing this song? And I was like, holy shit. It's Sammy Hagar. However, Sammy Hagar <laughs> was not supposed to sing it. Sammy Hagar ended up singing it because the original. So the lead singer for the group Asia, John Wetton, was the original singer of this song. And he, they, they decided that he didn't, didn't sound mean enough. So they hired Sammy Hagar. <laughs> Except they never. They're just like, we heard there's this band Asia. We like that. Let's not listen to any of the vocals ever. <laughs> I, I, I was just blown away by this fact. I was this little factoid. I was like, wait a second. So these guys heard Asia like great band. I'm sure the voice I, it's only instrumental. Like, how do you find only instrumental tracks of Asia and go? Maybe they can play it like it, they're like, you guys also got that insanely good uh, disc rapper. Yo, yo, ma. Right. <laughs> OK, good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, music. Of this here, is here's what this album is, though, because I actually this is a sad thing. I've listened to this on Spotify a bunch in the last couple days. It's my uh, driving around music now. Winner takes it all. Not even winner take all. Winner, winner takes, takes it, all. it all. In this country, take it higher. All I need is you. Bad night. N-I-T-E. Misspelled. Very American. Meet me halfway because life meets no man halfway. <laughs> Gypsy soul. I like that. The fight. Mind over matter. I will be strong. Now. I'm not saying that if you took all of these song titles, put them in a blender, it would come out as a red, white, and blue whey protein powder shake that you could sell to guys. I'm just saying I believe that is true. We that are the can, alchemists, right? That, We're you can, that you can sell to guys at a stopover in Nebraska, but that's the only place you can find it. Like, I Yeah, it's like those uh, Tiger Boner pills at gas stations, right, where you just read the instruction. It's like, bad night, N-I-T-E, gypsy life, arm wrestling song. And you're like, yes, I want my dick to be a tiger. Let's buy this right now. <laughs> yeah, everything about this movie. Like, listen, I had seen this movie probably when I was a kid. Uh, it was the last time I saw this. I do not, like, regularly watch this movie. And I had forgotten, like, at the very beginning of this movie, like, it starts so, like, like, basically, when they start off at the uh, uh, with the uh, military academy scene where he graduates and everything like that, the... Yeah. I forgot like the just look of disgust everyone has when Lincoln Hawk shows up. Like, oh. <laughs> like, okay, wait a sec. I'm gonna come back to this. I will tell you this: as a child who had a bad father who abandoned him early, I should have seen this coming, like a road <laughs> a road warning sign. My dad used to watch this with us all the time. <laughs> And then when he left, we're all like, wow, that was out of nowhere. Like, are you fucking kidding me? He was trying to tell me for years. But no, uh, the Lincoln Hawk showering himself at the truck car wash. Oh, my God. Yes. Right. Like he is the truck. He is the machine. I love that symbolism. Yeah. And when he walks up, all I'm left to wonder is like, what did he comb his hair with? Yeah. Like, it's almost like an odd, like if an actual sentient shit diaper walk through the crowd it's just military but this is the weird thing right <laughs> this is the new uh aggrieved white male right wingers nightmare yeah oh absolutely it's like it's the military looking down on the real america oh it's it's amazing right it's like that meme i saw where it's like the i would die for my country starter pack and it's cargo right. shorts jeep guns and then a uh ripped up application for military well, service yeah what i love what, what i love about this is it supposes that 
like because when I was a kid, if you got sent to military schools because you were a dick, like that was like the entire point of yeah, you, going you were to a bad kid. I mean, you were a bad kid and you needed like a lot of like supervision, like so. For- like you went from being in Patrick Swayze's Outsiders Gang to military. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <school>. So. <laughs> <laughs> the best is so Lincoln Hawk gets out of his big rig. He he like steps down out of it. He gets out. So I love. By the way, apparently everyone drives limos. To <laughs> yeah. So all graduation. these kids are rich kids who go to military school. It just means your parents are you, those parents are infinitely shittier, by the way. But OK, Lincoln Hawk, though, is a really important. To be fair, though, you'll see when your kid starts actually moving and having an opinion, you'll start thinking more often of is there somewhere I can just put him for a while? <laughs> But I want to talk about Lincoln. I want to talk about Lincoln Hawk's branding. Like he really is a very, very brand aware character. Lincoln Hawk steps down <laughs> out of his truck. Wait, do you think that's his real name? By the way, that is probably the most manly American name ever. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm sure the original character's name was literally like America Smith, but they were like, "That's way too on the nose." <laughs> so, <laughs> so he steps down out of the truck. He's got suspenders, boots, like. You know, his nicest pair of jeans on. And then on his shirt, though, he's got like, it's like a regular, like, like sort of a dicky shirt. But then underneath the pat, underneath the breast pouch is a hawk. And I'm like, where did he find? Is that why he's named Lincoln Hawk? Like, or did he find that shirt and go, this is the nicest shirt I could ever buy? Lincoln Hawk. Everyone will know my last name. You think he's just crisscrossing America, filling up a semi truck with Hawk merchandise? Absolutely. There's no way that he's his, not. The business he's talking about starting at the end of the movie is like, we're actually just gonna park this big rig somewhere, and I'm gonna sell Hawk merchandise. <laughs> out of the back. No, I think it's a shot across the bow. I think Lincoln Hawk is an anti-establishment Rambo type character, right? Right. He's like, oh, you guys with your fancy crocodiles on your lacrosse clothes or whatever those. I don't even know the brands. I just know there's the rich uh, douche like frat polo guy that has a little crocodile. Right, right. He's like, I'm taking it back. The working man will be represented by the hawk. <laughs> the only thing they should have called. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about this. He should have been called Declaration of Bald Eagle or something. That would be the most American <laughs> name ever. Right? Because he, he should have been a bald eagle. Why is he not Lincoln Eagle? Yeah, Lincoln Eagle would have been a much better American made name. Like, that's like the whole point of this movie is like proving to everyone that like. <laughs> Oh, the silver spoon wait. people, the one percenters are the real problem. <laughs> yeah, it's because like, I get it now. It's because the hawk is the uh, the real American. The bald eagle is the one who, like, you know, our president who likes to hug and right, fucking exactly. hump flags, which is the weirdest thing of all time. Right. Th- Just Google Trump hugging and uh, grinding himself on flags. It's so unnerving. This, But they do that to hide, right? Oh, yeah. Whereas the real Americans, we're out here like hawks. We're the ones actually cleaning the fields of rodents. Right, exactly. This movie's all about that the... <laughs> this movie's all about how shitty the 1% is. Like, there's... This is about the real America. So... You know what? I'm gonna make a counter-argument, though. I don't want my former coastal elite route showing, but I think this is an exact argument... <laughs> For why the 1% are so much better than all of us. <laughs> why, did you sympathize with Robert Loja's character? Is that what's going on? I saw Robert Loja and I was like, yeah, he's right. 100% right. Well, okay, every single time Robert Loja was on screen, I feel like they just paid him like, hey, Robert Loja, would you mind coming in and just shouting loser every like 15 minutes in this movie? Because like, that's all he ever did. Like He's a loser! He's a loser! He'll always be a loser! Like, I'm like, it's like, can you just play the part of Mick, but as a neg? Like, can you just... <laughs> if you could neg Rocky, this is what I noticed about Over the Top, right? Right. 
is over the top is the real life outcome of the movie Rocky. Yes. Yeah. Rocky doesn't get that fight, lose, and then go on to be a star with like a robot butler like he's in the fucking Jetsons. He uh, can't get another fight. He keeps losing. You know, him and Adrian, things are on the rock. A strange kid. He's like, ah, maybe I'll get in this truck and disappear for a while. Right. Uh, what's another sport I can try to do? Because I have all this unchecked aggression. Unchecked aggression oh, yeah. and like all weird upper wrestle. body strength. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why he needed the suspenders at the start of the movie. Because they just <laughs> fucking put his massively thick tree stump upper body on these tiny petite child legs. Like, there's no way those pants were staying on. I absolutely love that but this I- is turning into, like, a physique critique of Sylvester Stallone in 1987. All right, Stallone, Pax, what are we giving him for? No, I'm just kidding. Hey, I like this movie, too, because at the end of the movie, they just said, hey, can we get all of the most gigantic, ludicrous-shaped human beings? Yeah. And then Stallone, who just looks like an in-shape normal guy. Yeah, that's the best. Like, the fact that at the end of the movie, we're thinking Stallone looks like a normal guy. Is <laughs> I love how at the end I love how at the end of this movie, like, I love that entire scene when he walks in. Everyone's like, oh, great, the twink's here. He'll be out in a second. And I'm like, wait a second. So all these fats. I wanted Bull to go over and put his arm around and say, who brought their kid to work? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? That was I, Bull's, Bull's disses were not my favorite. In this so movie. okay, so he shows up. At, he shows up to the military school graduation, and like out of nowhere, so his and you realize that so his kid is um, this. Honestly, I hated the kid the entire movie. I I thought it was. I was like, I hope he leaves him at a truck stop somewhere. Like I hope this is just done. See, I actually I thought of him very much like Haley Joel Osment in AI. Right? Like imagine taking this kid who's like really smart. A well-oiled machine, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, go look at the shittiest version of what your life could be. (laughs) Like, this is the genetic footprint of failure that you're supposed to have. And so, like, honestly, what is this kid supposed to think? Like, let's be real about this. He is better than his father. Oh, absolutely. And he's smarter than his father. And everything he says in the movie is correct. The kid is right about everything. My favorite. And so is the grand. Like, this is one the funniest thing, right? You can look at Lincoln Hawk's life lessons. This guy should not be a father. Oh, He's a no, terrible guy. A like, here's here's a great example. Life doesn't meet anyone halfway. Uh, Well, that's a lie because my dad fucking dipped on me like a total asshole. Oh, wait, I have a billionaire grandpa. Life met me more than halfway. Yeah, exactly. Life met me halfway, sucked my dick, and let me come on its face. <laughs> Life, life fucking loves this kid. Life, in fact, Are you kidding? life, in fact, really stepped up its game. Like that is. Yeah, here, here's my favorite example of Lincoln Hawk being a total moron. Is when he's like, "Hey, you're so smart. Why don't you get over here and drive the truck?" Yes, yes. And he's like, "It's, it's almost impossible uh, for a non-genius, right?" <laughs> like Stallone's trying to compare what he does to being a genius. Within one and a half minutes. Mikey is navigating the truck down the highway, yeah. thus proving not only navigating that all the truck, a monkey needs is training. Not only navigating the <laughs> not only not only navigating the truck, but properly popping the clutch on a semi truck so he can drive it down the road. Like that does not yes. take. Also, this is the other thing. Okay, this <laughs> once ki- you train the ape, and then not only that, later in the movie he's able to drive a truck from yes, Bel Air yes. almost to Las Vegas. That's okay. how easy driving is. <laughs> Okay, I know this is what, jumping. Wait, okay, you're a dad now. What lesson of Lincoln Hawks did you actually learn okay. that would help your child? He's wrong about everything. He's a bad person. This is ex- this is what I learned, and I actually texted you the lesson yesterday, and I'm going to tell you what it is. 
This is what I wrote. This is what I wrote to you. Important lesson from over the top. If grandpap is rich and your kid's a spoiled shit, stay gone. It's fine. Stay out of the kid's this life. Is the, no, you're exact because here's the whole lesson of the movie is that Lincoln <laughs> Hawk has fucked his life up so bad. He sees his kid graduating from a prestigious military academy, living in that goddamn palatial estate right. like a Caesar. Right. And then says, you know what? Now's the time for me to have a tantrum and just derail his entire life. <laughs> there, there is no way that kid's life ends up better at the end of this movie unless Robert Loggia, as the only logical adult in the movie, other than one piece of evidence that we'll get to, he's the only one who's able to make this kid's life better. If Robert Loggia's like, you know what? I'll just bankroll this weird you know, traveling circus show life you want. Uh, and when your dad inevitably gets arrested, then you can come live with me again. St- Lincoln Hawk's entire motivation in this movie is, I have something inside of me and I want to give it to you, right? Right. It's like, you know what you have inside of you? An infinite dark well of loserdom. Like, <laughs> there's no chance you should be imparting your wisdom on it. And this is the thing. I'm sure there are people listening to this. They're like, oh, you fucking, you just hate him because he's a truck driver and an arm wrestler. No, nope. I hate him because every decision he makes in the movie is a bad decision. Yes, he's a bad parent. Truly terrible How about parent. when he's like, hey, let me save $27 uh, on a hotel room so my kid can uh, get neck pains and maybe try to sleep on my shoulder. Yeah. I'm going to force intimacy on my child. Okay, not only that, then the next morning, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, who is a very big guy, is sleeping on the kid's shoulder. I'm like, okay, that kid's definitely like no, trash. Stallone is five foot six. Tall and wide. Yes, exactly. So I think he could actually pull this off. <laughs> no, it's like, get the fucking hotel room, you creep. <laughs> yeah, like, I was just, I was floored. I was flabbergasted by the ability that, like, every time he was like, yeah, see, I could cut a quarter here and there. And that's how I live my life. It's like, are you trying to prove to your kid what a cheap piece of shit you are? Hey, be be a dad. Like, yeah, like when they go to the- let me force intimacy. Let me take my son to our first father son meal to a fucking bar full of <laughs> okay, smokers and you. drunks and arm wrestling okay. tournaments. So they walk into the bar. They walk past every like all they walk past all the seats and everything like that. Anything that is acceptable for a child and go right up to the bar and they sit down at the bar. <laughs> he doesn't even take a table. Doesn't even take back. a table. Sits right like, at the hey, bar. We're gonna go out on the patio because there's a lot of uh, hedonism going on in here. <laughs> no, actually, let's sit right in the goddamn middle of it. <laughs> But this, okay, this is the thing, though, because then the kid makes the crack about the turkey sandwich, right, or the toonie sandwich, right. and everyone gives him shit. You're like, he's right. Yeah. And then he goes out later, and uh, Stallone's like, hey, why don't you arm wrestle this kid that looks like he gnaws on his parents' leg bones for sustenance, right? Like he's a Hills Have Eyes extra. Right. Why don't you just arm wrestle this kid out of nowhere because you don't know how to do it? And the kid cries, and he goes out and starts lecturing him. Yeah. It's like, Dad, yeah, you're emotionally abusive. Stop trying to make me you. I'm already more successful than you, and I'm 14 I'm years old. already better than you. Why are you doing this? Yeah. This this is the funny thing, is the movie is just so banking on, we hit them with the hard America opening. We hit them with the on-the-nose lyrics so they know exactly what we want them to be taking away from this movie. But the kid is right every single turn of this movie. Right. Yeah, it's just the kid is the most mature, well-adjusted and intelligent character in the entire movie. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. And here's why the kid might be the most mature and adjusted between the two of them. However, there's no way that that kid lives his life without going to jail at least three times. 
A. Well, now, because of Lincoln Hawk. But also, but but here's the thing. Actually, I take that back. Not going to jail. He would get in trouble, but definitely get out of it. Because that kid has absolutely no gumption for breaking the law brazenly. He drives a car. <laughs> he drives a car. Okay. He dri- hang on. He drives a car to the airport. <laughs> He runs into the airport. He rides that fucking little. By the way, doesn't drive to LAX or Burbank. He goes right past those to the. <laughs> He's like out past Barstow. Yeah, he basically. That's three hours. He of like driving. drives out to the Ontario airport because he knows he can get away with it out there. <laughs> like, so he gets to Ontario. This is a pre 9 11 airport. So yeah. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Especially because, and this is the thing. Okay, so he drives out to the airport. And then my question to you, and I don't know if you noticed this, but. So the scene where he uh, lands in Las Vegas and he gets out, he's on the uh, luggage carousel. Did he did he fly in the cargo hold? No, no, no. Because remember, he's exiting the plane from first class. I'm sure. Right. Sees the uh, the old uh, belding with the walrus mustache. That character uh, actor is in every one of these okay, movies. Cool. And dives back. I forget that guy's name. He's in every movie. He's like a big tough and Roadhouse and all these. Yeah, movies. yeah, he's like yeah. the guy who gets knocked the fuck out by the lead. He's the, the he's the guy who looks like Diamond Dallas's page dad. Yeah, it's like, hey, this guy looks like everyone's uncle who won one fight in high school and still talks about it. Let's cast him. <laughs> no, but okay. Here's the thing. This kid is on a fast track, right? Yeah. He's essentially Damien Thorne without the like lineage. <laughs> Because Damien Thorne's dad is actually more accomplished than Lincoln Hawk as well. Damien Thorne's real father is a better influence than Lincoln Hawk. You heard it here first. But this has, that kid is on a fast track. We've seen kids like this. You know what they end up as? The son of the president. I was gonna say, I was These kids suck. They can do whatever they that. want and get away with it. I mean, tr- We read this in the news every day. That kid can do whatever he wants and he's fine. But. Do we have any evidence that this kid was anything but a straight shooting military stud until his father showed up and said, hey, I want to give you what's inside of me and ruin your whole life because I'm a greedy little fuck face. <laughs> like when Stallone just, oh God, this is the problem. I, it hurts me now watching this as an older guy, as a dad, because it ruined this entire mythology I had of the movie where I thought that Lincoln Hawk was just a guy running around doing uh, reverse curls inside of the cab of his truck. So I'm like, he's a multitasker. He's a hard worker. He's an entrepreneur. Nope. Then you watch it now and you're like, oh my God, he's the world's worst father. Oh, he's terrible. There's that scene when Robert Loja is like, you telling me we can't win the court case? And they're like, no judge would ever give you custody over Lincoln Hawk. And I was like, what third world country? Fuck it. <laughs> you know? Like what kind of kangaroo courts does this country have? <laughs> That Lincoln Hawk could go in there with the evidence, uh, you know, of his fatherdom versus this guy. And this is before he fucking ran his truck through the front lawn and decided to actually hit the house. He's like, I don't know if that's Mike's room. Fuck yeah, it. Th- there's a, yeah, that's huge child <laughs> endangerment problem. But that's here. what I mean. Huge yeah. problem. Who? Well, no, there's a child endangerment is essentially the subplot of this whole film. <laughs> but what? What kangaroo court would be like, yes, Lincoln Hawk is the proper man for this job. The only evidence you have against the grandpa is that he's also like, hey, goons, go kidnap the kid, get in a high-speed chase, and don't buckle him up. Yeah, what the fuck was that? And then that? when you hit <laughs> – is- and he must, pay, he must pay really cheap, right? That's why he's rich. He's Robert Loge is cheap because the moment they bump into Stallone's car, it's still a two-on-one fight. And they have the kid, easy, put a throat rip on him and be like, if you come over here, yeah. I'm ripping Eric Jr.'s throat out. And then all of a sudden, they're just like, they just run away. 
Yeah, they're like scared. Like total cowards. What I don't understand, they're scared of them. So that's that's the grandpa's child endangerment. So what I don't understand, but I, though. Get, I almost get the grandpa because he's like, hey, my daughter's over here dying. She's on all these hallucinogenics. Thank you. That make her oh think that God. Lincoln Hawk <laughs> should drive the kid across country while still doing pickups. Not even like, hey, actually, I'm going to die. Can you uh not do that last pickup and just bring my fucking kid to me? Lincoln Hawks abandoned them for years. And all of a sudden, <laughs> this poor woman who's rotting away in the hospital goes, you know, it'd be a good idea is if you spend some time with your dad. Like, don't listen to the woman who clearly is on psychotropic substances. And then they show up, but they got in, I don't know, probably another weird bar fight. And they miss, like, they miss her dying in the hospital. Yeah, they were fucking running around finding more greasers for him to arm wrestle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's on, like, the junior arm wrestling circuit. He essentially turns into Tiger Woods' dad. And he's like, you got to pull 10 times a day. Yeah, I love You're when you're going to make it in this game. I also love because uh, there's this uh, d- d- again, there's so much. to. Wait, um- by the way, there's another piece of evidence about the mom obviously being on hallucinogenic drugs. Um, did you realize at the end when Stallone was like, hey, I've been writing you those sexy ass letters for 10 years. Uh. Then he's like, kid, I wrote you letters all the time because in my brain, I'm like, why would the grandpa keep those letters? Why didn't he destroy them? The mom is the one who had been hiding letters. Oh, yeah. She's he definitely. found he found Lincoln's letters to him in one of his mom's extra purses. So the mom had been the mom hiding been hoarding them. Yeah. The letters from him. So the mom knew that Lincoln Hawk should not be near her child. At the end, she's in some kind of weird drug induced fucking guilt and then oh, throws her the- whole son's life away. Speaking you know of what that- his inheritance is. A jail record. <laughs> That's his inheritance from his mom. Speaking of that, Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> Nicholas Sparks, I see you lifting this subplot for the notebook. I see you, sir. I know you're full of shit. You watch this movie, and you're like, I'm turning this into a romance novel for sure. I see you, motherfucker. I know for a fact that's what you did. It's the exact same plot. It's the exact same subplot from the notebook. I see you. I see you, you Nicholas Sparks. You could get Sparks. me to watch The Notebook again <laughs> if it had more arm wrestling. Oh, if there was an entire if there was an entire arm wrestling plot where it was Rachel McAdams doing the arm wrestling, that movie would have been that movie would be an American classic, almost as a classic as Over the Top. Right, and again, we've talked almost exclusively about Lincoln Hawk's bad parenting. Uh, you know, like even again, like when forced in the jail, it's like, hey, you can just get out of this if you uh sign your kid away. Yeah, he's like, want to hear it from my kid? No chance he's not signing that paper, no matter what. He's given, and then later just reneges on it. But anyway, we've done so much about <laughs> the bad parenting and the Robert Loja angle of it, and that Mike should be the parent of himself and flee these child endangering old people. Absolutely. Except for Grandpa's got the billions, and in this country, that's how you parent properly. Absolutely. By the way, this is a divergent riff I'm going to go on. I took my kids out to lunch yesterday, and I was behind this fucking family of heathens. Mom and dad. Mom pregnant, right? They had seven other children. What? Seven. And I'm behind them in line in Chipotle. Seven kids, another one on the way. The oldest one could have had a mustache, I guess. I don't know. Teenage years, right? Right. So I was like, holy shit. That, like, I'm trying to wrangle two kids with my wife, and I'm like, this is terrible. Seven. Seven kids? And not only that, she doesn't let them order their own Chipotle. She walks down the line, and then like a weird fucking one-task robot walks back and reorders for every kid. While the dad sits there and keeps looking in the bag, 
And then when he cashes out, continues to read the receipt like it's the fucking tablets from the top of the mountain. <laughs> and I was just like, by the way, now that we're on the parenting thing, it should be illegal to have more than three kids. Oh, dude. It should be absolutely illegal. Seven children. Are, are you sure they How were? Fuck are they should? No, seriously, because they all look the exact same. It was like the village of the damned. Right. But whiter. <laughs> No, like, how fucking terrible is your life that you're like, well, I have this husband and or wife. I just don't want to ever spend time with them. I don't ever want to have sex with them that's not purely functional. How bad? Like, you can't love those kids. I have two kids, and I know that there are days I love one of them more than the other because I don't have enough time. <laughs> there's no way they're good parents. Oh, no, It should be fucking no illegal to have more than three kids. The third one's your get-out-of-jail-free card in case one of them goes the way of Mike in this movie. But I was just like, what a monster. Not only do you have this many kids because your life is fucking terrible and empty. The kids all look like they had deadened souls from the trauma of this fucking human factory they live in. <laughs> also, what kind of fucking monsters bring that whole family and stand in line at Chipotle? Yeah, you pre-order on the app. Yeah, that's pretty uh, That's pretty uncool. I'm just saying. What I like, If though, there is... was a bit of karma today, if I was Thanos today... Those parents are gone. The kids can stay. Sorry, but you're going into different orphanages. You have to spread out. What I like, I would though, Thanos your parents away, you savages. What I like, though, is I'm that sorry. your story sort of relates back to what we've been talking about, which is essentially that this world is filled with Lincoln Hawks. And wouldn't it be better if everyone, if there were more Robert Loggias around? More, more billion. This is the thing. They're both doing the same thing from the different angle, right? They're both like, my life is empty and horrible. So let me try to force myself like an old fucking floppy disk into this <laughs> child. I, I can. <laughs> They're all essentially the face huggers from Alien trying to lay eggs in this poor fucking kid with a bright future. I, yeah, I think Mike Cutler's got a very bright future of ignoring everyone around him and just living off his grandpap's inheritance, which, given Robert Loja's, like, again, like. Robert Loja always looks like he's like five minutes away from a heart attack. I don't know what that is. Like, that's just his character in, in life. Old and angry. That's what it inspired. Like, I mean, he looked old for like four decades. Yeah, like every single time I've seen him in a movie, like even like mean even back in Scarface, like he always looks like he's going to have a heart attack. There's never a time he doesn't look that way. Yeah. But a lot of anger in that man. But yeah, Lincoln Hawk, Lincoln Hawk and Mike Cutler have their weird road trip which again like every single time they've, like, every time they have this moment in the car like there's this presumption that what they have is supposed to be like meaningful and like this moment of like oh yeah it's totally fine like we're we're learning about each other and we're learning how to be you know friends and then father and son but i gotta tell you bullshit like all of it's bullshit there is absolutely. He gave Mike his first real bit of defeat and victory, and it's all good now. Now he walks around a parking lot flexing his tiny muscles. But how about like <laughs> again? So his grandfather's goons kidnap him. His dad yeah. chases him down in a semi. Could have killed him very easily, and then yeah, hits the truck. Hits He's the like, truck. I'm willing to kill my son to make sure like, the goons stop. Hits the truck so the goons stop, and then the son runs out and like jumps into his arms. I'm like, excuse me, I would be running the other direction going holy shit it is dangerous to be around any of these people well what would have really happened in real life is he would have splattered through the windshield and his <laughs> severed head would have ended up in lincoln hawk's arms because the goons didn't buckle him in also uh no the precious cargo also there's a semi chasing another truck down the road in the small town no cops are just no cops are just eating donuts and looking out the window yeah, and going, how slow is your goddamn baby truck <laughs> 
Like, good lord, hit the gas. <laughs> no, it's it's a strange movie all the way around. Uh, we haven't even gotten geez. to the third act, by the way, which is this amazing arm wrestling competition. Like, everything <laughs> right. about this is incredible. We have to talk about one more thing before we transition to what really makes this movie sing. Uh, Stallone missed missed the date he missed the deadline no pun intended yeah no absolutely he didn't get him there the kid actually was not with his mother when she died so that he could continually make arm wrestling stops and pick up one more job he couldn't even not pick up one more freight and just go straight to the hospital right yep he's a long-haul trucker you're telling me he couldn't have made it if he didn't stop to pick up another job he actually missed seeing this lady one more time we never got the moment between her and him and mike didn't get to say goodbye to his own fucking mother yeah he'd been at school so how long had he been away i'm just saying that right there that's the whole thing yeah. that is the entire case against lincoln hawk right there. absolutely because he wanted to pick up one more job he fucking missed the most important deadline of his deadbeat life <laughs> the best part is they try to paint this as like oh He's a real workaholic dad. No, he's just a deadbeat. Like, like, yeah. This is that's all it is. Hey, maybe prioritize. Let me let me put it to you this way: If he had two locations that he had to be to on time in this movie, which one did he make? The Las Vegas Arm Wrestling International yeah, he Tournament. Was, he was on time for his special tournament. Like, yeah, he's like, well, now that I got rid of the the extra baggage of my dead wife and uh, soon to be criminal son, my bad. Uh, I better go wrestle again. I'm good. <laughs> it's unfucking believable. He missed the one deadline. And then we have this. Yeah, because that leads into that. He just walks up to the funeral, interrupts the entire proceeding to where the priest even has to be like, oh, I guess this must be the husband. Right. Throws the flowers down and just leaves like a fucking creep. Real creep. Like and decides not to talk to his son there. But later he'll just drive through the house, maybe killing him. <laughs> Anyways, we've talked about Hawk is a bad father. Let's talk about what this movie really could have focused on a lot more. Arm wrestling. Arm wrestling. There's nothing. And this is so weird. I was like the amount of jazz that my body felt whenever arm wrestling was on the screen was enormous. Oh, yeah. Like the first time we see arm wrestling, it's with a smasher. Yeah. I the Right. Uh, this is pre dog. The bounty hunter Smasher. Yeah. The right. <laughs> the the amount of tension in an arm wrestling match shouldn't really be like I was just floored by how intense it was, but then no it it's an insane mix of we're gonna give you a slow motion extreme close up now emote right it's Stallone always doing that where he's getting like the stroke mouth yeah you know. <laughs> Because arm wrestling is terrible for you, right? If you ever go and watch arm wrestling on YouTube, which I do all the time, don't watch. It used to be an event in the world's strongest man, but the guys kept snapping each other's arms because oh, yeah. the physics are off. You're not supposed to do this with arms. And uh, there was this great show, me and my old buddy, Nick Hall from Nick Hall Comedy. If you ever used to listen to that podcast, we used to watch this show called Game of Arms on AMC. <laughs> it was essentially a reality show where they gathered arm wrestlers. Some of which, by the way, were extras at the Las Vegas Arm Wrestling Open. Indeed. The old Christian guy who crunches his steering wheel every day as he drives, he's in there. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, we used wow. to watch this game of arm show, and it is insanely compelling to follow men 
who put so much stock in their life into this dumbest of activities and the excitement of it. Cause arm wrestling matches also are insanely fast and anticlimactic. Right. But this movie, none of them are like, these are like five minute long. Oh, no, these are like, matches. these are drawn out, like emotional beats. And here's the thing. Like, so once they get to the tournament, this is something I absolutely love is basically it turns into like a, uh, like hard knocks. If you've ever watched that on HBO, dude, the one-on-one interviews, the one-on-one interviews <laughs> are so funny. Like I have never laughed harder in a movie than watching these guys describe. Like I, I was looking up, like I, I went on IMDb and looked up some of these quotes. Like, so, okay. So the first character that I was looking at is a uh, John Grizzly, which right. <laughs> John, John Grizzly says, when I get to the table, that person, I don't care who they are. They're my mortal enemy. I hate them. <laughs> yeah. But that, what's the one he's like, I only do two things. Yeah. I drive trucks and I break arms. Okay, Bull, Bull Hurley. Okay, Bull Hurley <laughs> says, I drive truck, break arms, and arm wrestle. That's what I love to do. It's what I do best. Being number one. Also, it's like, wait, do you break arms outside of arm wrestle? Is that what I'm, <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, are you? Yeah, wait, and then he ends with, no, second place sucks. Yeah, I'm like, it's like, well, you're not wrong, Bull Hurley. Yeah, I'm like, are you just Bull Hurley? And that line gives you more good life advice than Lincoln Hawk for the entire movie. But like the motley crew of people. <laughs> by the way, like Sylvester Stallone. Now imagine Sylvester Stallone and what he looks like. Sylvester Stallone is the only person who looks normal in this movie. The rest of these guys are like bizarrely jacked. Like WCW yeah. wrestling characters, it's bizarre. But like it's crazy. real fat guy jacked. Yeah, like not like ripped. Like not like just pro fat. wrestlers. Like only they look like uh, create a character from pro wrestling games gone wrong. Yeah, exactly. Man, that's a great way. Like to that put little that. Canadian guy. I'm like, what happened to you? Are you okay? <laughs> he actually looks like uh, what is it? The god of uh, that god from Big Trouble in Little China when he starts to inflate. <laughs> yes. We're like, well, your guns are huge, but where's your neck? <laughs> Also, why are your cheeks so fat? Like, I'm worried for you guys. Oh, yeah. No, a lot. But then you're like, but he's awesome at being super strong, so that's cool. I mean, all these guys are definitely have, like, low-grade emphysema. Like, there's no way they don't. <laughs> but, like. <laughs> that's why they had to do arm wrestling. It's actually a minute more of exertion, and they all explode. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the only guy who looks normal is, um, I don't remember the character name. but The Teamsters. Basically the, only, the only black man they let in the movie, which was just like. I think his name is Mad Dog. No, Mad Dog's like the crazy, like, mini Andre the Giant hair Frenchman. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't remember the guy. The... I forget who it is because he's the guy from the Teamsters. They keep saying the pride of the Teamsters union. Is that the guy who drank va- Valvoline and uh, ate it? No, that's John Grizzly. Yeah, I was going to say. Because he starts off with his mental warfare as he's going to eat a cigar. Yeah. And I was like, cool. And then we cut to the crowd and there's these two hot Bettys screaming his name and you're like does that work oh they're so like like up. are imagine this is the thing though mike's get because mike's under the bleachers watching this like some kind of horrific stanford experiment right <laughs> like this is a whole world that he never would have experienced oh yeah it's terrible and he's just like wait eating cigars leads you to the bettys maybe and then he whoops his dad right lincoln hawk yeah lincoln hawk may be injured giving us the excuse his next round, they wrestle again immediately for some reason. Because this is the other thing. They say the tournament's double elimination, but everyone loses once and is disqualified except for Lincoln Yeah, Lincoln Hawk. Hawk's the only one who gets to stick around. Like, this is the thing I love about, like, there's no... But no, so then he goes from cigar to the motor oil. Drinking Valvoline. Be- yes. But then this is one of the great additional shots after he loses. 
cringing, chugging a glass of Alka-Seltzer water. (laughs) I appreciate the showmanship. I appreciate the showmanship. He's just like, this is going to be hell on my body. Okay. But two little Alka-Seltzers is definitely worth it for the psych out. I I have to tell you this. Do you think he's just angling for like a deal? The first he's like, I just need a sponsor. The first time I saw that, all right, I saw him <laughs> drinking Valvoline, and the first thing I thought was like, oh, this is why he loses because he drank Valvoline. He's dying clearly, like on the table. <laughs> His internal organs are actually shutting like, down. Literally everything shutting down. And then yes, he started drinking the Alka Seltzer. I'm like, that's not going to help at all. Oh, see here. Hold on a sec. Paro- My dog is going nuts. Here, just hold on right. a sec. Shut Edit. the door on that kid. Yeah. I was just like, hey, he's not here. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> he just rings my doorbell like 55 times in a row, too. So who knows how much of that. That's all good. I'll start with. All right. So we'll kind of. Yeah, just start in. Uh, oh, he loses because he's having internal yeah. organ. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Grizzly uh, drinks Valvoline. And I the, the first thing I thought, the exact same thing you thought was, was like, Oh, that guy is definitely dying. He's losing because he's dying of internal organ failure. Like, everything's shutting down because he just drank Valvoline. <laughs> well, not only that, I, I thought back to I'm like, wait. So every guy uh, sits by the truck in their interview, and it's just like, I'm a machine. I was like, does John Grizzly actually think he needs motor oil and fire for internal pistons? Like, John, you're taking it way yeah, too literally. Way too literally. That's not what we do here. Also, this is a question I had. Do you think there are any non-truck drivers that entered this contest? I don't. Because they say it's like an international like Mortal Kombat style yeah, tournament. Yeah. I don't think. What uh, happens if you win and you're not a truck driver? You're just like, well, thanks for the gigantic fucking truck. I can't even drive out of here. You sell it, I guess. You fucking ass. I don't think Bosco was a truck driver. Yeah, I don't know. That was a weird. They just kind of were like, I don't know, maybe. You have to truck drive to get into pro arm wrestling. Right. I don't know. I mean, I feel like Bosco was a regular. I feel like Bosco was just like a strong guy. And they were like, man, a lot of whites in here. We got to get at least one guy. We got to at least get one black guy in here. There's a lot of whites in this arm wrestling competition. It's a lot of similar body types, you would say. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just all these weird giants in Stallone, <laughs> which I love. But, yeah, so, but, uh, Grizzly, yeah, so- Grizzly down Valvoline and then lost. And then I'm assuming died because we never saw him again. Ever. Like, there's just no way. He's drinking Alka-Seltzer. Right after that, they're rushing him to the ER. Like, we got to cut this guy open. <laughs> the be- He's full of cigar butts. They're going to... A wrench. <laughs> it's like the scene when they cut open the wrong shark in Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like, there's, oh my God, it's just cigar butts and ranch dressing in his belly. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so much ranch. <laughs> It's just melding with the oil. They're like, we can't separate it. Oh, yeah. But the best, but I, I love the idea. Like, they were rushing him in the hospital. He's like, it's fine. It's fine. I had two Alka-Seltzer. I'm good. Like, that is <laughs> that is not medicine, sir. You are done. Yeah, it's like, oh, you just added a volcanic chemical reactant <laughs> to your system. This is terrible. You might. Yeah. He, like, actually became a car at that point. Oh, yeah. He's, like, the original Optimus Prime. He, like, he, like mutated into optimus prime or like one of the other ones i don't know <laughs> he he actually becomes machine this is where uh 
Cyborg starts. Right. Yeah. The Jean-Claude movie. No. <laughs> uh, okay. So then we cut to, by the way, I have to bring it up. I actually wrote down some of the weirdest things from the arm wrestling tournament to me. And uh, <laughs> one of the things I noticed a shocking amount of arm wrestlers are arm wrestling in polo shirts. Yeah. What is that? Like, they're dressed like lawnmower dads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I am just so shocked. Uh, so there's that. What else did I know? Yeah, there's the one arm wrestler they showed like three times in the cutaways. I call him Jabba the arm wrestler. <laughs> that like truly huge fat guy who has no muscles at all. Right. Right, that one was shocking to me. Also, why are there so many goddamn referees at the final table? Maybe they were all just... Uh, I, I could not tell By you. the way, ten referees at the table, multiple examples of cheating. They go unpunished. <laughs> this is my biggest arm wrestling question for you, right? Is Stallone simply a cheater? Ooh. Well, I don't know. Bosco was screaming. He's like, he cheated me. No, but every single person keeps screaming, my thumb, my thumb, he's doing something to my thumb. Right. Is that a strategy? Because I know over the top is in reference to how he, like, repositions his hand in the middle of it all. Right, but I'm like, wouldn't, if that was the thing, and a guy like Stallone could then beat a guy like Bull Hurley, wouldn't every arm wrestling match just look like two tarantulas humping each other <laughs> as they tried to slide their fingers into the over-the-top position? Okay. Like, why is that not everyone's move? I agree. I'm tr I was trying to figure this out, too, because I didn't understand why everyone was screaming he was cheating. Because if this is a like valid move, who gives a shit? But it was very... Well, they're screaming about the thumb. Right. And then he beat the Teamsters guy in, like, lightning quick speed in what felt like right, right. a referee's interfering match. Yeah. Well, right. John well, Grizzly's like, I know thumb, they were... thumb. he won't put his elbow in the cups fast enough. Right. Well, and then like Is during the cheating? final, well, during the final battle, he like was about to lose and stripped his hand away. And they were like, oh, yes, when Bull was going to beat him and he unlocked his hand. Right. Right. And Bull's like, yeah, fucking mine. Bro. He was going to lose. Yeah. He, he was going to broke lose. the grip. He bro and they even inserted a line from the referee like he's not. He's not. And you're like. He did. I just watched it. I think he might. Yeah, like, like what is your job, time, referee? I was like, I think he Here's might my be theory. cheating. Here's my theory on the referees, why there's so many of them. Because <laughs> the auditorium is full of just the exact same meathead cloned a million times, right? Right. And there is a shocking amount of changing of shirts going on with these arm wrestlers. Right. They show Stallone changing his shirts probably five times in this final tournament. <laughs> It's constant shirt changing, except from the polo dads. They're really in. They made a choice, and they're sticking with it. So at the end, is it possible that somewhere there are 10 bound and gagged referees and Stallone's road, uh, road stop buddies are in here to get some of that fat payday? Right. Is this a Black Sox-level scandal at the Arm Wrestling International? Because <laughs> he still had to beat Bull fair and square once they got the straps right, out, which, right. by the way... That is the most amped you can be in the world of arm wrestling is what it's time for the straps. Yeah, like, I mean, I'd imagine that place is just off the chain. There's also... A, yeah, a, that's I, there's no equivalent to it in sports of, like, just... The, it'd be like if they tied two UFC guys' cocks together. Yeah. And it's like, now you gotta fight now it you gotta that fight distance. It there's no also, there's something I want to talk about real quick, and it's a very small detail, but, like, so when Mike's uh, crawling under the bleachers at the event, for that crowd... I feel like there's a lot more popcorn on the ground than I expected there to be. Like, <laughs> oh my god, you're taking shots at the art department? It's 
I got to tell you, like, wouldn't it just be beer cans and like Slim Jims? Like, why <laughs> is there so much no. popcorn? Wrong. What it would be is tons of overweight white people having affairs. <laughs> that's what would be under those bleachers. That's probably the cleanest spot in the whole place because that's where they're all running down to get that quick nut. I absolutely love the idea that it- Mike's just crawling, sticking to the floor like he's Spider-Man. <laughs> I think about that. I think about that uh, scene in uh, Happy Gilmore where he's talking about like, <laughs> a couple of big fat bikers are having sex in the woods. How do I chip with that going on? I'm like, that's exactly what's going on underneath these, bl- these bleachers. <laughs> Yeah, why do you think you go to arm wrestling? Where does all that extra adrenaline and testosterone go? And we see there's a market for these kind of unusually shaped men of bad decision making. No, but this is gets back to my point though, right? The over the top feels like the ultimate cheating move because you can use it while you're in the straps. Right, right. The straps are supposed to mean there's no cheating now. Sure. The over the top feels like cheating and no one acknowledges that it's cheating yeah i i i everyone else if that were a real move why would everyone not do it yeah everybody else seems to make it seem like it's cheating so i don't understand why it's no that's the thing they don't everything else he does they say is cheating but not that i'm gonna put all my fingers up by your like top thumb knuckle right and somehow then i can just defeat the incredible hulk in armor (laughs) Yeah, crazy. I, I don't know like what the deal is or how it's supposed to work because honestly, I've been confused about it the entire time. The entire here's I didn't understand what happens. No, the movie essentially says to Mike, "Hey, your dad was right about everything. Right, uh, leave your family, make poor decisions like selling your truck and gambling everything on yourself at twenty to one. That's portrayed as a heroic incident. It's not." He just got out of jail from almost murdering his son and father-in-law, right? Right. He didn't get the kid. Like, we've just seen an enormous string of bad decisions made. And instead, he's like, I'll just double down. Imagine the version of this movie, the real one, where he's not allowed to cheat and Bull pens him down. Right. That's a suicide. Yeah. He's killing himself as soon as this movie's over. 100%. Right? But instead, the movie says, hey, Mike. Your dad was right about everything. Uh, don't be responsible. Don't make good decisions. Uh, go ahead and just cheat your way to being the best at some inane task and get tons of money for it. P.S. Your grandpa looks on on this and it's like, damn, he finally learned to cheat to be good at something. So now grandpa's going to bankroll this family's shenanigans circus. Yeah, so that's a, it's insane. That's another insane thing to me, by the way, is that that. So that ending where Robert Loja like looks on like begrudgingly like well he figured it out finally you cheat to get ahead. Not only that, you're, the most important line is he comes up and grabs Mike in anger after Hawk has just thrown his bodyguard Terry Funk through the double glass doors and told him he's gonna break a legal contract. Right. He catches his son in this fucking overweight Sodom and Gomorrah and just says, <laughs> "We're going after this match." <laughs> What? Oh yeah. You don't okay. stay and watch Thank the you. match. Okay. I was. I'm so glad you brought this up because I I wrote it down. I was like, what the fuck is this qualifier? Where he's like, we're going, <laughs> we're going. But but after this, I want to see. Robert was just like one. I got to be responsible. We're leaving. Two. I'm just a big fan. Do you, yeah, I was gonna say. Three, do you think we're- I love sex smells? <laughs> Four, I also bet on Bull to win. Right? Did Robert Loja actually make a secret underdog bet and made a ton of money off Lincoln Hawk? 
there's no way that's how he's actually accrued his fortune yeah, was just you <laughs> fucking gaslighting poor arm wrestlers <laughs> this movie's got a lot of depth a lot of depth here here's another one how we know stallone makes bad decisions you take the half a million dollars and the new truck upstairs yeah why didn't he do it just do it you take the money and then you uh, just hope that you planted enough juvenile delinquent seeds in your son. Right. That he comes and finds you anyways. Take the money and run. It's. It's. Have you ever heard of an arm wrestling champion? Name one. Oh, no, I have not. Uh, the, uh, yeah. Actually, I can tell you one. The and money. it's the guy that this movie's based on. That's the one. Yeah, you could tell me that it's based on someone, but not his name. <laughs> Wait, hang on. I'm going to look it up. It was on IMDb, and I read it before you showed up. But I also have to tell you, like, his entire, like, the story of him. So the guy's name was John Bre- uh, Bresnik. He's the real-life guy who inspired Lincoln Hawk. He won the trucker's class of the actual over-the-top tournament. He won the Volvo white truck and trailer mobile trailer that was a grand prize. It's It was worth 250 grand. Bresnik took the truck on tour across the country to promote the film. He later sold it and bought a 1987 Corvette with some of the money. That was what he did with it. So, the like so, so they stuck true to the character's okay. poor decision making. So, <laughs> to stick true to the character, John Bresnik and Lincoln Hogg are basically the same shit decision making characters. Except for yeah, the real guy had like eight kids. He did it be responsible for the, but that was a little much the for real Hollywood guy audiences. the real guy now lives in indiana has eight children one on the way and loves to go to chipotle and waits in <laughs> yeah waits in line in chipotle in front of me you're like god i wish that guy's forearms weren't popeye size or i'd try to fight him in the parking lot <laughs> let me get this quesadilla down and then we're going rounds buddy <laughs> all right alex in summation what did over the top teach you that you can use to give hank a better chance at being a real man over the top taught me that (laughs) money fixes most problems and uh if money doesn't then uh, all of them (laughs) every problem as long as you win and have money you're good money fixes (laughs) most problems and if you don't have money just ask sammy hagar to soundtrack your movie and there you go When life doesn't work out, there's always a Sammy Hagar in the wings. <laughs> when life doesn't work out, there's always a Sammy Hagar song to explain it to you. <laughs> so that's it. You just got to get a lot of money. Yeah. That's what you learned from this movie? Uh, the, no, what I learned from this movie was basically uh, be be present in your child's life. Otherwise, <laughs> he will probably turn out a total shit and rightfully so. Wait, do you mean stay not present? No, staying present. Oh, you mean if Stallone hadn't left? Maybe if Stallone hadn't he left, he would have been like even. Oh, he would have been like a used car salesman, and it would have worked out. Yeah, right. I think it probably would have worked out a little bit better. Better. If you think anywhere inside of your black heart that there's a little Lincoln Hawk living in there, you abandon your family and never look back. That's the lesson. I of think. This my, movie. I think. Oh well, yeah. I mean, the lesson for the movie, like Lincoln Hawk, particularly, like needed to leave, like. Lincoln Hawk did the right thing by leaving his family behind and never coming back. Me personally, I like my kid and I want to, I want to break some rights. So my personal story is I'm not going to abandon my child. That's the lesson I learned from over the top. My family will be the ones looking into the arm wrestling convention and going, what the hell? Ew, kids, avert (laughs) your eyes. 
Let's go over here to a wholesome place and learn things. No, just kidding. Me and my kids would be in there. There's also, okay, there's one other, like, (laughs) there's one other tidbit I'd like to talk about. There's one, it's very quick. There's one other factoid. The, um, two credited writers on this movie, uh, not story writers, but screenplay writers are, uh, Sylvester Stallone for one. And the second one is a guy named Sterling Siliphant. Sterling Sullivan Oscar winners won an Steve Oscar for In the Heat of the Night, which was a Sidney Poitier film. The other two movies that he is like majorly known for are The Towering Inferno, Inferno, and The Poseidon Adventure. So, so he finally wrote a good movie. So he finally got this film made. <laughs> he finally got that monkey off his back. <laughs> Like, oh wait, <laughs> hang on. Saying. There's also another. There's also another one he wrote that I have to, is a uh, Shaft in Africa. By the way, that's the other movie. That's another movie he wrote. Now, if you ask me which of those movies I would most want to watch on any given day, it's only a race between Shaft and Africa and Over the Exactly. Top. I was just gonna say on it. any given day, I will concede to you that the others are far better movies. Of course, I'll, I'll tell you right now. I, but I, are they? Because I would only be choosing between those other two. In the heat of the night, incredible film. However, I'm always going to choose between Over the Top and Shaft in Africa, without question. Yeah, every time. So thank you. Every time. Because in life and cinema, Lincoln Hawk somehow always finds a way to win. <laughs> always. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. That's Over the Top. I hope you and your buddies right now are sweating for over a minute and staring at each other whilst arm wrestling and listening to this show. Uh, also, check out Game of Arms, for real. It is shockingly good entertainment. Uh, we hope that you liked Over the Top as much as we did, and we hope that you're better parents or soon-to-be parents than Lincoln Hawk, for the love of God. Uh, please share the show with your friends on your socials. We appreciate that a lot. If you find our show where you can leave a rating and review, please do that as well, guys. It does help us a lot as we, like Lincoln Hawk, try to ascend from no-name challenger to Bull Hurley-style champion. Put us over the top, guys. Please. Yes, Alex, it is great to have you back, man. It's great to be back. This has been this was a wonderful return. Yes, what a great episode to start back on. I agreed. Uh, next, guys, this upcoming July is The Pod Gets Animated, the long-awaited The Pod Gets Animated. Princess Mononoke, Akira, Heavy Metal, Fire and Ice. And maybe another Studio Ghibli double feature, if I can get it in the works. One that we've been working on, trying to secure for a long time. So, lots of good stuff, guys. Stay with us. Rate, review, share on your socials. Uh, Life meets no podcast halfway, guys. No halfways for podcasts. (laughs) All right. For the film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffin. I'm Alex Dandino. Peace. We're not taking a haul.